0: You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Avram and I hope you enjoy this episode. Something that's um, uh, pretty straightforward. Let's start with what you don't have to be tovel. Um, well, obviously, minatora, it's anything which is metal. Uh, we already said yesterday that glass uh, is only midrabanon which means Torah, it's not considered and he says the same thing is true with Pyrex and um, uh, dulex, which I'm not sure if that is, maybe it's Israel it's a more common brand But uh, so therefore you would not make a brocha on that um, uh, anything that's made out of plastic or any other sort of hard material they don't have to take to the at all. of course I'm not sure what mile is, we don't have any Hebrew speakers here, Kli mile. Not sure what that is uh, uh, I'm not sure what that is um, and let's say there's a type of, of uh, item that you just can't really eat with it. Um, in other words, it's some sort of decorative thing to put to put something on. Uh, we have something like that for example someone gave us it's a hard material uh, that you has like an apple and honey. Uh, it's like a, it's it's got its own. It's not paper mache, but it's like it has its own apple and honey structure. It's very unwieldy. It's something to put on the table. Maybe you put the apple on for for Rosh Hashanah, but the whole it, it, nobody would ever use it as a pot or a dish. It's the whole shape is wrong. Once in a while, you put some food on it. So Rabbi says you don't have to take that to the mikvah at all. And the same thing is true. Blyashin said, when it comes to something which is the right shape, but it's gigantic. In other words, let's say you have a type of uh, pot, which is where you throw all the other pots in, or something, or a container that you throw uh, all the other stuff in. Technically, I guess you could use it and bring it to the table, but the whole purpose for it is um, um, you take uh, you take huge amounts. Of food in it, um, or like these huge c- containers that they have in the nursing homes and other places where, um, and, and that's where you store the stuff in. In other words, not this, not the way it comes from the factory, but like you have it as a, a, a huge storage container. He says those sh-, again, midaraisa, they don't really need tefillah, but you should be told over them with a the bracha. Here's an interesting one that I thought. Uh, a nutcracker. Does a nutcracker need to go to the mix or not? We talked yesterday about um, items that stay on the counter. A nutcracker comes to the table. But Rebbe Yoshev felt it does need t'vila, but without a bracha. Let's take a look at the footnote here. I think we'll get a certain sense of of where Rebbe Yoshev is coming down on this. Let's take a look. So I'm going to make it a little bit larger it gets larger, things get slower. <laughs> Just like a giant moves a little bit slower, so it gets... Okay, let's go down. And I hate... Oh, here we go. Refuma Zalman Orbach disagreed about nutcrackers with Ribel Yoshev. Remember, they were mechutanim. Refuma Zalman says that you need to uh, make a brocha because it's like a peeler. In other words, the nut that gets cracked, Uh, for example, if you have a peeler, you need to be told with that with a brocha, okay? Even though you use it on the counter, but you could use it at the table too, right? You could bring the peeler to the table and peel an apple or or peel a pear. So that is something that, and and, and the peel itself, when you're touching, you know, it's true that the, the, the peeler is touching the peel. The peel is part of the fruit. You might not want to eat it, but, he, but it's called, but Rishma Salman says when you have a nutcracker, it's like a peeler so the hard shell of the walnut uh, is like the peel of the nut which is the fruit so therefore, he says it's different than a can opener in other words, a can opener does not need to for sure, Minot Torah maybe Midorabonet it does but a can opener is different why? Because the can opener only touches the container, it's not the food itself whereas the the shell of the nut is the pre that you're trying to eat you don't want to eat it, you can't eat it it's hard to eat, but it's part of what what what's part of the fruit and therefore this nutcracker is touching it so Ravarabach says it's needs with the um interesting that Ravasner felt that you don't even have to take a nutcracker to the mikvah at all ain't sarlaw. So, we have the three sheitas here if you want to look at them <laughs> we have <laughs> Rav uh Rev Olyashiv is in the middle If you have a nutcracker um it's something that probably um uh, needs Tvila only, mid-rabana. according to Rav Zalman Minator according to Rav Zalman, you don't have to uh take it to the mikvah at all. That was an interesting, interesting a, a little machlekas. I'm not going to go nuts over it, but it's an interesting machlekes. Um Interesting, Chumda Revol Yoshev has, let's say um, the um, you, you got your, most of your kalem got, you were in a pile, and most of the kalem are fine, and then all of them, one, one of them falls over. And now you can't determine which one is the one that still needs to go to the mikvah. So you can't use rove. Now it's a question whether tvila minat Torah or not. Uh, there's a machlokas a poskim. Uh, uh, some rishonim say clearly the whole idea of that we saw from this week's parsha is only an asmachta. It's only the rabbanan who say that you have to do it. But there are shiitas that hold that is from the Torah. The Rashba quotes the Rambam, that's the, according to the Rashba. That might be the Rashba's opinion, might be the Rambam's opinion that it's a mitzvah minat Torah, and therefore it's also from the Torah to use it without. Uh, Bing told, So now you have that item which is now mixed up. Imagine. Remember the way I just described it. Everything is all a big jumble. So what says if that occurs you got to put them all in the mikvah. You can't use rov to be matir because it's easy to diversize from matir and it's very easy to be matir. Just put it into the mikvah. As normally when this occurs you could say it's batal. That's but not batal over here. And therefore you have to put them all back in. So be careful when you do that. Another interesting of Rabbi Yoshiv. I would never have thought about this, but think about this. Let's say you have a factory like in Israel, it's owned by Jews. However, they sell shares. They sell money, Shell Nachrim. In other words, it's a factory, but it's it's on the I don't know what the Israeli um stock market is but there there are factories that that have that share stock and are publicly traded so let's say it happens to be a primarily jewish factory but there are uh they do sell shares to the non-jews sir Yoshev said Yoshev understood what it meant that, that people have shares so he says if when you buy shares you have the right technically although you have a small amount but you have the right technically to vote you have some voting privileges in the company, so that's like you are an owner. You're a shutef in the company, and therefore, Revel felt that you're chay of So it's it's different like different than bchor. Was, with a bchor, it, if the guy has a chelik in it, it's poter. With a keli, you can't give the goy a partial kinyan in the keli. Here, this is this. Came from the factory, and it was and, and it was produced. And even the material the factory produces, Rabbi Yoshe felt, comes from the goy. <laughs> even though he just owns shares in the company that happens to have a factory that makes this, it's a big humra, I would say. But anyway. So it really depends on what – you have to read one of the shares. You have to go and figure out what does it mean when you buy the share. If, if, if owning shares in the company means you just get the revach from it, but you can't make any decisions, then the Goya is not considered an owner, and that would be enough to mean whether you have to take it to the mikvarnah. Um I'm going to get back to this in a minute because this, I think, is the most interesting thing of today. I'll start with this. Well, yesterday we talked about Pesach. Let's talk about Purim. <laughs> that was the last time I was in Shul almost, well, the day after Purim. Uh, it's Purim, and then the next night we had our uh, our Siyam. Uh, and here's somebody that was at that Siyam. <laughs> so, uh, like I said, we talked about Pesach last night. Here's Purim. Let's say, as part of Meshulach Monos, you decide to put a nice container, a nice something or other. It's actually a, a kli. Uh, and you put the food in there. So remember we talked about yesterday, according to Rabbi Yoshev, that if, if, if the non-Jewish workers in your house and you want to give them a cup to drink, that's your hishtamshus. You're happy about that. And you can't give him a keli it hasn't gone to the mikvah, even though it's a guy that's drinking it. So we see the <laughs> the, the idea of tevilah is, I'm being mishtamish with it, meaning I want it to have you, a use for me. It doesn't have to mean that I put it into my mouth. So here the question is, I'm sending this to Shloch monos. Maybe I need to take it to the mikveh beforehand, because I want this to look nice. I'm happy with it. Maybe that's my using it. That was the question they asked tribal Yoshev. So Rabbi said, "That's not called Ishtamshus. it's only a way to get the items to the person. It says it's Dera now you could see a little bit of an argument here. You could see that maybe but it clearly isn't meant to eat it out of that container. Basically what it is is that the container looks nice. It makes a nice impression. It's got a nice look to it. Maybe there's an inside joke about the container. Either way, Rabbi Yoshev says it's just like a means to get the food to you and therefore, even though I'm happy that I had this container that's not really called Um this question was asked by one of the bigger poiskim today in, in Bnei of Mordechai Gross asked Rabbi Yoshiv this question and this is what Rabbi Yoshev's answer was um, and um, Rabbi Yoshev felt that all it is is it's not really hishtamshus. it's just a way to get the thing to you. Uh, it's different than you're happy the guy could drink the cup, could drink it in your house. There the guy's actually drinking and you're happy that it's being used as a drinking item. Here it's not even really used as it is a container for the Shlachmonas but as Rabbi Yoshev says it's only a way for you to get it out of your house or to that person. That's not really your shdamshus. Now the other guy, he'll have to take it to the mikvah. That's not the question. The other guy, if it's a container, the guy could use. He'll have to take it to the mikvah. But there's no chiyuv on the on the one who's makayim the mitzvah of mishloach manos. Okay. Now let's go to the part that I felt was the most interesting one of tonight. A gershin is gayer. Okay. He was a non-Jew, but now he's a Jew. So is that like all the Kalim that he owned were non-Jewish, right? And now he's taken them over. He's, he might be a different person now, right? He was, a, he was a non-Jew before, and now he's a Jew. So maybe now he has to take all his Kalim to the mikvah. Now, uh, we're not talking about whether he has to kosher them or not. We're assuming mo- many, many said Tzedek keep kashars for weeks and weeks and months, and maybe even years before they become, become Jewish. Isn't, isn't that one of the commentaries after Martin why they had dairy? Because they, they couldn't, they had, they had the Teufel, their, their Kaley. Um. I, 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 that's, that aligns with Rebbe Yoshev. I haven't seen anyone say that. I heard people say that the Kalim might be uh, not kosher. That's what I heard. That the Kalim, that they, they, did, they, didn't, they didn't do proper shkita and the Kalim needed to hagala and stuff like that. You heard that the Kalim needed to go to the mikvah. That's the way you heard it. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, that, yeah, that. yeah. well, anyway, but it's a hara Because remember, what happened in Midyat? And this week's Parsh and Midian, what happened was is they took over those items. Uh, they got them as booty, as spoil in war, and now it became Jewish owned. Uh, but it went from Bagdan the guy to Pinchas, the Jew. Here, it goes from true, he was Bagdan, but now he's Baruch. It's the same person. Rabbi Yosha felt that you would have to. Um, which is, uh, I thought a chidush, And I ain't the only one. <laughs> um, and I want to show you the history of this question. First of all, as they write in the footnote here, the Dark chuva who was the father of the Minchas a Hungarian possek, uh, and uh, the Dark Gethshuva himself was a very big possek, obviously, Um and the dark writes that from another sefer, which I'm not sure who wrote it, it would seem Gersh is Gayer. you need to take it to the mikveh. And Rav, Rav Shapiro, the dark says, I didn't find any post can speak about that. And no mechaber talked about it. So it's like a question that was pretty recent. You would think it, it would have come up. Um, by the way, Rav Vosner says, that not only does he have to take it to the mikveh, he has to make a bracha. That he has to take it, uh, has to make a bracha. Now, who was it that asked the shaila to Rabbi Yoshev? Rabbi Asher Weiss, Shalita. Rabbi Weiss asked Rabbi Yoshev this question, Rabbi Yoshev answered him, yes. And Rabbi Paskins, you have to do it with a bracha. Now, I, do, I did a little research on this, and let me show you what I found. I got to get this baby out of the way. Um, All right, I want to show you, we're going from Rebel Yoshev who died um, in 2013. So that's going to be seven years. But I'm going to show you something from one of the poskim from about um, 100 or so, more than 100 years ago, but he was considered the king of Hungarian poskim. That was of Shimon uh, Grunfeld, Shimon Grunfeld, the Marshag, And this was his question that came up and let me make it a little bit larger here let's see we'll make it a little bit larger so okay here was the question um There was a a certain Jew that was machal Shabbos. And people knew about it. And now he came to the rabbi and said, I want to do tshuva. I I don't want to machal Shabbos anymore. So the rabbi had a Shiloh. We know machal Shabbos, especially for Hesia, we treat like a non-Jew. Maybe... We have to be tovel is Kaelin. So, Rav Grinfeld said, "All right, look, that I don't think you have to be tovel with Um Now, it could be when he he's been a machal shabbos for so long, maybe he wasn't table to keilim when he bought them. So then, maybe you should be table them. But but um, but if he did tovul, tab- uh, uh, Rabbi, Rabbi, yes. Yeah, something I don't understand. If he, uh, let's say, wasn't keeping kosher, right? So he's—that means he um, milk and meat, all kinds of things could be non-kosher items. So the kill Can you? Uh, I mean, they break them. They put a, they boil them, whatever. Right, do, boil them. You get okay. right. So uh, uh, yes, you'd not, have to it's kosher. It's not so I think it's more soluble. Okay, you're you're right. Obviously, if the if he was not keeping kosher. He's got a bigger problem than taking them to the mikvah. He's going to be eating treif if he right. uses those kailim. So right. That, right. that, so that's that's Dr. Kogan. That's upgeret, as we say in Yiddish. That he that that if they became treif, he should either throw them out or kosher them, which is what everybody did uh-huh. for Pesach. The question is, do we treat him like right. a do we treat him like a convert? Do we say since up till now you were like a mummer, that up until now you were like a non Jew? And now that you're going to keep Shabbos, it's like you welcome back to Judaism. Right, so So, so that's the question. Should we... uh, uh, Rabbi, I remember the discussion of that. I'm I'm sorry. I'm I'm sorry. The discussion of a couple of weeks ago, right? Whether he was uh, there, was a difference of opinions. Whether the haircut within the right. What it, uh, that's right. The sphere of, of... Right. So you're you're correct. Um, Dr. Kogan is, is 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 referencing something that we talked about also from Rabbi Yoshev and Rabbi Kanyevsky about not turning off the Balchuva. In other words being careful how you're going to treat the Bauchuva uh, and, and, and hoping that he'll fit in. And I think that's what you mean. Because here, the question would be, uh, are we going to make him, are we going to rub it no, into, they, are we going to rub? No, they stopped what I meant. I meant remember, it, whether he was, uh, by not, by let's say keeping long hair, whatever, he was over the Zara or not, or it was just the modern fashion. You know whether a non-observant Jew is like a, a, a idolater or not. I think that's that's uh, that, that's the, the okay. Theory. Yes, that was something that we spoke about as well, and that's really the question here. We they treated a person who was machal shabbos as if he was a guy, and for many halachas about ischita, about 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 being mitzaref to a minion, according to many opinions, according to the prima him, right? Uh, and that was uh, the Machlokas, Rav Moshe, and the Prima him about whether you can it into a minion or not, whether he can, right? So th- that was, that was a question. So here in this community in Hungary, they obviously did not look nicely upon someone as being Machal Shabbos. They want to welcome him back. The question is, what do you do with his Kaelin? So other than making them kosher, do you make him go the whole nine yards and then make him take him to the mikvah? So Rav Grunfeld, who was the posikador, really, in Hungary at the time, says like this It could be that he bought them new from a guy. Could be he never took them to the mikvah. So then you should definitely take them to the mikvah. So even though he was using them without taking them to the mikveh, there's still a chi of tevila on them, there's still a chi of tevila on the caliph. So in other words, here's another thing. Let's say there's stuff in your house you never took to the mikvah and you used it incorrectly. That doesn't mean you don't take them to the mikvah because they got old and grimy. You still got to take them to the mikvah even if they're not new and you've been using them. So here we're talking about that he that that, that he did take them to the mikvah before he became a Machal Shabbos. And that's the question. So he says Rav, Rav Grinfeld says, go to the end of the Gamarnavota Zara and you'll see there what's the idea of Tvila's Kaeb? We learned from this week's parish about Kli Midian. So it's got to be similar the way it was by Midian. And therefore, as we spoke out from Rev Arnstein, if you borrow the Kaylee, you don't have to uh, you don't have to you don't need Tvila, right And even if you say if you give the Kaylee to uh, a, a person to fix, so we know in, in, in the Gemara in Kiddushin, the Gemara Bava Mitzia, the Gemara says that when someone fixes a keli and makes it a better keli than it was, when someone takes the item that was given to him and actually turns it into something better, he owns he owns part of the item. the 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 the, the artisan, the artisan who was working on it, the metalworker, owns it, and, and and you have to pay him off to get it back. So you're not going to say that the artisan now gets, the artisan was a guy that now you have to take it to the mikvah now. In other words, there's, there's, a, there's an opinion that says that if you have a keiwi that needed some work on it, it needed some silver polishing, it needed some correction, it needed whatever it was, there's a, a, one opinion in the Gemara that says that the guy who worked on it owns part of it now, and you sort of redeem it by paying his price. So would you say now a guy owns it? No, you don't, because it's not the way it was done in Midian. So here, too, it, it, it's not the way it was done there. Um, it's not the way it was there, so you don't need a one. Then he goes into the question about a non-Jew who becomes a Geert Sedeck. He says, you're right. He says the same thing that the Dark Echuba says. We don't find this in the poskim. And you could say, well, why do you tovel the keli? Not because there's uh, uh, us or food in the keli. It's a Hidish based on the posse. So therefore, it's got to be exactly like it was in Midian. It has to be that the kelim went from Cosby from, from, from to Pinchas. It went from one Rishus to another Rishus, from Rishus Anachri, Rishus Yisrael. That's when you need to take it to the mikvah. But a a person who becomes a Jew, the ownership is the same. It's still the same human who owns it. In terms of the world of ownership, it's the same person. The owner has changed. He was a non-Jew and now he's a Jew. But that ownership is the same. The identity of the ownership is different in a way, but the actual essential ownership is the same. And therefore, he says, you don't need tefillah. Now, he was still a little bit, it was a chiddish when he wrote it. He says, maybe, okay, so if it's a non-Jew who becomes a Jew, maybe take it to the mikveh without a bracha. Um, and the same thing. You can wonder, what about a ger who inherits from his father Kalim? Now, here you can say, well, come on, uh, it, it went from your father's rishus who was a goy to you. Well, it could be a yorash is different than buying it. Could be when you when you yarshin something when you inherit Kalim, it's different than when you go and buy them. Because an inheritor, remember even though he's Jewish, he still has a a, a a right into the material that was part of the estate. So even when he was a, when, when, when the father was alive, there was an aspect of ownership that the child had. The child had his hooks there. so even though he went on his own path and became a Jew, Rev Grunfeld is saying maybe it's not like the case in Midian. In other words, it was it was partially yours in a way. And he says, there also I'm not sure whether it needs to go to the mikvah or not 100%. So again, the very interesting, see what we do with this question, right? Where, where we're taking it. Um, now let's talk about the case of the one who wants to do tshuva. He says, look, it's really wrong to say he's like a non-Jew. First of all, if he would, if he, during the time he was a Machal Shabbos, if he would have married someone, that would have been 100% Kedushin. We would have needed a get. Um, if we were trying to get a get from him, he could make a Jewish liach, even though he's being a Machal Shabbos. So therefore, even though for m- in many ways we treat him like a non Jew, even if he's worse than a Machal Shabbos, even if he starts practicing Christianity, for sure, here, where it's a Humran Shabbos, that he's basically a Jew. Um, and it, it, it seems to me, from your question, that he probably just kept his store open. He did work for Parnosa. Someone who does that, in a way, is like a show gig anyway, Rev Grinfeld says. Because he probably thought he needed to do it. He thought he was going to lose his Parnosa. He's wrong. But he's definitely not uh, the same type of Machal Shabbos that's, 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 that's throwing the uh, fist into God's face. So on one hand, I could hear what you're doing. You want to teach people a lesson that you know what it is to be a Machal Shabbos and maybe you want everyone else to see that he had to take his kelem to the mikvah, and this way they realize what Machal Shabbos is. Well, Grinfeld argued the other way. Maybe it's better not to make it so hard on him. Maybe we don't want people to feel so bad. And maybe it's better, again, to sort of make it easier for him to come in and not force so many things upon him. But he says, I'm going to leave it up to you. I told you it's sort of what I'm thinking. But you, uh, and that's another sign of a very big placing <laughs> You decide, how you, according to the way you're you're reading the situation, um, Rav Usher Weiss uh, spoke about this question. He's the one who asked Rav Yoshev. and here is the question: Gershon is Gayer. And he says that I have heard, um, he says, I know many people say that a gear needs to take it to the mikveh. I heard it from Rabbi Yoshev, from Rav Chayan Kanievsky, and from Rav Vosner, from Rav Sternbach. They all say it, uh, with, even with a brocha. But this shows you Rav Oshaweis's. <laughs> Rav Usher Weiss calls them but he says, I don't agree. It's not in Rishonim and Poskim. And, um, and as we know, uh, it's not like it was in Midian. And therefore, I'm going to use someone very big as well, Rav Asher Weiss says. I'm going to use the Chazonish. The Chazonish, not about this. He says when the poskim don't speak about it, when it's something that happens day in and day out, Geras was something that was part of Jewish life forever, since the time of the Talmud. And, and until the Dark Chuva mentions it from the Chedre deya until Rav Grinfeld mentioned it, it never came up. Rav Gershon Weiss says, that itself is a proof that no one ever thought to take it to the mikveh. And therefore, he says that is a, 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 a as big as Rav, Rav Chaim Kanievsky, Rav Vosner, Rav Sternbach, and Rav Yoshevar. Rav Usher Weiss said no, um, and the reason is, as we say, it never went anywhere. He says, I looked for it, and then he found it, as you can see. But that, again, shows you um, the idea. Uh, and this shows you a little bit about who Rav Usher Weiss is as well. Um, we'll just end with some other of the research, Rav Usher Weiss, from another great chassid, the Sheh Mishmuel, quoting his father, Rav Avram Bornstein, the Avnei Dezer. He says, when a gear went to the mikveh, <laughs> that worked for him and his galen. <laughs> it's similar when you have an animal that is a mubaris, Uh that we say uh, the baby, or whatever happened to it, it happens to the baby as well. So the same thing happens with a gear. When a gear goes to the mikveh, it's like his whole life went to the mikveh. It, everything that he owned as well true it's only that his body that went but it's like in a way that everything went every single part of him he's such a different person and that's what uh, benazer said was the reason why you didn't have to worry about the gear taking his stuff to the mikvah